Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and you are here on purpose. There's a reason you need to meet the amazing Lindsay Andriotti, and the crowd goes wild. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here, Betsy. Thanks for inviting me. Well, um, Lindsay is uh, the Jill of all trades. She's not a jack of all trades. She's a Jill of all trades. I've known Lindsay, what a blessing, for nearly 20 years. And she Mm -hmm. has always been an entrepreneur. She has always been a community leader, an organizer. She's innovated all kinds of education. She supported kids and their entrepreneurial spirit. She has uh, bought and sold companies, built brands, uh, all of this in the Seattle area and on the West Coast. And now she resides in beautiful Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, Lizzie, there's so many things to talk to you about today. (laughs) For sure. We always never run out of things to talk about. I'm excited to be here. Okay, that is not a lie. We do never run, Lindsay and I never have ever run out of things to talk about. Um, But today on Boost Power Podcast, we like to focus on the story behind the story. Because so many people see you and your success and just say like, Oh, it's so easy for Lindsay. Oh, everything is handed to her on a silver platter. Uh, and what I oh. like to tell is, you know, like, what? what's the backstory? Like, um, yeah. a little bit about your education and your growing up that made you what you are today. So I like to kind of start with, you know, it all began in a small hospital, um, but you don't have to be in that much detail. <laughs> but um, tell us a little bit about uh, who yeah. you are And um, right now, you know, you are currently the chief experience officer of Imaginal Ventures, which is your huge thing going on now. But um, tell us a little bit about your path. And people listening are trying to figure out, you know, their story and our story. So take it away, Lynn. Thank you, Patsy. Well, gosh, you know, I do kind of have to start out at a small hospital because (laughs) it's actually part of the story about what has shaped and formed the experience of my life. And I think, you know, as I'm reaching into my, I'll call it my final quarter of my lifetime, I'm looking back and noticing so many of the things that were formative for me that allowed me to have the experiences that I've had in this existence. So just really quick, I was born the daughter of two parents who were basically children. Uh, My father was in the Navy and my mom was a young woman who was at the, um, Uh, Oh, what's the school? Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley. And my dad came home one day from his boot camp and said, I can't live my life without you. And my mom got pregnant and here I am. So I was kind of a mistake for her and I was his dream, so to speak. So it's kind of a funny way to begin the whole story. Um, They moved immediately upon my birth in California. We moved uh, up to Seattle, Washington, where I lived for basically my entire life, except for a small stint at college and whatnot. The whole story, the reason that's important is that as a child, a real young child, I really believe in the power of programming. And our parents really give us in our formative years, those first, you know, zero to seven, a lot of the beliefs, the underpinnings, the ideas, the experiences that shape and form so much of who we become later in life. 
And my two biggest were abandonment and a fear of abandonment. My dad was the guy who was always the one who wanted to be with the baby. And my mom was petrified to be with children. And that was not a diss on her at all. She would have told you the same story, but it really stuck. When my dad left to go back into the Navy, I was left with this person who was kind of like holding me up like the Lion King baby. (laughs) One baby. baby. What do I do? And so, um, so there's a, there's some imprinting that occurred in my mind that was, you know, around the person who loves you the most or who knows how to nurture you leaves you. And the one who's left to try to sort it out is going to make you really independent. So I became an extraordinarily independent woman at a very young age. And I, I know that both of my parents, um, would say things like, you can be anything you want. you got to shoot for the stars, dream big. And they were those kind of people. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom was an accountant. So they were the perfect balance necessary to hold the glue together. And I guess I just had a lot of belief and faith that things were going to happen for me. Everything was happening for me. And I did a lot of things in high school that people would have said, oh, you know, she's going to go off and change the world. And the truth is I'm kind of a force of nature. <laughs> you because are a I force. Did, I didn't want to use that in the intro. I thought it was a little much. Uh, here's Lindsay, the force of nature. <laughs> when I get behind something, it's like, whoa, all these things just start really coming together and it all lines up and magic, really magic just starts happening. So In the last couple of years, I would say the last three years, I've been through a massive metamorphosis. I've gone from caterpillar to butterfly for sure, probably for the fourth time in my life. I don't know, but this one was big and I moved. I said, no more Seattle, no more cold, gray, cloudy weather. I'm going to where the sun shines most of the time and it's warm and muggy and I can flourish. And so I found my place at Latitude Margaritaville in Daytona Beach. And it turns out this is like, the place everybody wants to be. I didn't know that when I bought here. I just knew this is where I wanted to be. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a magical place all by itself. Well, um, it's, it's interesting to think of the (laughs) dichotomy of your mom and dad kind of being opposites in many ways, you know, entrepreneur and accountant, totally get that. And that, that where you say the word abandonment feels like, Oh, that's negative and that's scary. And that's bad. Actually, it is good in a way because Mm -hmm. of who you are. It made you so independent. It's funny when you're telling this story, I had the flashback of my mom and dad were uber social. So my mom was the extrovert. My dad was the introvert, but my mom was sure that they were at the country club and she was organizing the party and they were always with their friends. So we were abandoned and put down the list from the social scene, right? Yeah. You know, people say, what church did you go to? I said, the church of golf. Right. Golf course. I was at the, I was yeah. at the daycare at the golf course. I was sitting at the pool where my sister was the lifeguard. Right. You know, very right. different yeah. than kids these days that seem to be, you know, the apple of everyone's eye. And I, and, you know, I remember driving 45 minutes each way to take Sarah to voice lessons for $150, <laughs> you know, and gosh, I'm thinking my mom wouldn't have done that. She'd be like, I'm busy. Exactly. Oh my gosh. No, I get it completely. And, and and the thing of it is, is that all of that gift that was there early on in my life, I do realize that now it's, it's there as a, um, 
a solution to anything that comes up for me. So whatever I'm creating now, um, I'm not worrying about abandonment. It's a whole other experience that I'm creating now. It's more like I know that everything's working out for me at all times. And I know you and I have talked about that a lot, but I, I think if you can get to that place where it really does feel that easy, all of a sudden things just start really coming into flow. And, and that's what it feels like now. So I spent the most of my career literally working with entrepreneurs and whether it was in startup cities startup businesses, startup not-for-profits. I, I did a lot of startups and, and I taught at five universities and I did all the stuff with these young, you know, crazy-minded entrepreneurs doing ima- imagining all kinds of futures for all of us. And I just, I loved it. It was part of who I was, was giving back and sharing that energy, uh, you know, like a womb almost to help create something new. Well, now in this next phase of my life, I'm not so sure that that's where I'm going to spend my time. And now it feels really different. And it feels like I'm moving into a phase of instead of being the helper, the guide, the Sherpa, the whatever, I think I'm the listener. And there's something that wants to deeply listen to the dreams and the magic that others are inventing and creating and inspiring. And so I'm just, I'm listening. And uh, lately, I've just been trying to ask people questions, simple questions, you know, what, what's your biggest dream and why haven't you done it yet? You know, and it's so fun how confrontational that can be with people. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm curious. Let's talk about that for a minute because, uh, you know, there's always the, the culture says dream big. And I've always said dream big since I was a kid, right? Dream big, dream big. And I think that for most people, not you and me, because we're the same zygote separated at birth into different wombs and <laughs> replaced into a Eastern uh, Norma Wiersma uh, just a few years before your birth. So that was immaculate right. and strange. But um, I know we were separated at birth. But totally. it's, um, what do you think the effect of the world today has on dreams? Because um, yeah. where I want to start is when... I grew up and you came soon after me. Um, right. There was so less media. There was so less um, preoccupation with other people's dreams or the Kardashians underwear or whatever the pop thing is. I just remember having a lot of time where I did art or I was outside or I was with friends and not so um, focused on anything media. I think that makes my husband nuts now. I don't want to pick up my phone. He wants to control me. Um, he wants to control me through my new watch. Um, I will find you on your watch. Oh my God. There's a tracker on me. Help me Jesus. But, um, but right before break, let's talk just a little bit about, you know, what do you think about the dreams of today in a society that is so absorbed in this, immediacy of news slash uh, rumor slash uh, non-news slash, you know, celebrity. It's a bunch of crazy. It, all it of is the above. chaotic. It's 100% chaotic. chaotic. It is chaotic. It's totally Good word. chaotic. And there is some sensibility to it. And there is a lot that doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. So your point is spot on, you know, and I think every generation would say in their out loud voice, it was so much simpler when I was young, you know, whatever. I don't <laughs> I think do the think kids can say that now. 
No, I know. I'm wondering. Well, I'm wondering how much more complex it can get. And here's the thing. There's some good and there's some bad, right? So here, let me start with the negative. The negative is, is that everybody's looking over their shoulder to determine if they have enough social cred to be credible or viable or visible with the right people so that they can what? Make money. That's really, I mean, honestly, that's what everybody's doing it for. They want the the recognition, the the feedback that they're okay, that something is good for them. And that feedback can come in the form of cash or it can come in the form of likes and thumbs ups and hearts and whatever it is now. That's kind of the negative part is that everyone's looking kind of exteriorly. Or measuring. Measuring measuring And measuring the weirdest stuff, like number of views, as though that really means anything. Yeah, somebody said, I didn't get enough (laughs) likes on the announcement of the passing of my mom. I've known they, people getting getting fired for not doing something like that. Not about their passing of their mother. That's horrible. But, you know, I just think that there's a lot of external watching for what makes us okay. But here's how it's affecting dreams in a positive way. I think it's also the sky's the limit now. I think a person could easily run across in some social media platform, a woman who's become an astronaut and who's doing blah, blah, blah. And 20 years ago, I would have never run across that. I was using microfiche in a card catalog. I mean, seriously. So it's like, there's no way that that would have happened. And this, what, what it's bringing is more possibility. So if we can just learn how to harness the possibility that aligns to ourselves and then also tap into what is our dream, how would we like to impact the world in a positive way? I think we're going to be okay because I think we can actually start to find smaller connections and opportunities of people who believe the same way we do. So there's good and there's bad. Oh gosh, I know you're at the edge of your seat listening to Boost Power Podcast with Lindsay Andorati today. Uh, We're going to go to break and we're going to be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. Okay, this whole topic of dreams. Hopefully, you're drawn to listen to this today because it is on purpose. It's on purpose that now we're going to talk about things for you and your dreams. Lindsay and obviously me, if you know me, we're dreamers. We love making stuff up and giving it a try. And, uh, and that's kind of how Boost Power Podcast happened. It's a public speaker that wasn't on the road anymore and then uh, started interviewing women and then started going on the road with podcasting. So that's kind of how that dream started. So, Lizzie, let's talk a little bit about people in their dreams. So yeah. we, we said, so the, the good news about so much technology is there's exposure to story, exposure to positive role models, also exposure to negative role models. But exposure to um, possibility is how you and I like to think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. How do people, so now we're kind of list for the listeners, in your experience, how do people first give themselves permission to dream? And what does that even mean, right? Because dream big is a pillow, but what does it mean as a human? I think that's a a million dollar question and probably one that I'll be writing about this year because I'm asking this question a lot, but 
I think that what it means when someone has a dream is that they're tapping into the message of their soul, the thing that they're here to do. And I've been saying this for years and I feel really strongly about it. If you could just imagine yourself being a cell in a human body, just for a second, just imagine that you're a cell in a human body and you want to take a minute and you think to yourself, huh, I kind of look like all those other cells because fundamentally cells function similarly, but they're different and they have different roles. Where would you want to go? Where do you feel called to go in that body? And what work would you do? We have the same kind of calling. And a lot of people ignore it. And for a long time, I found myself being a heart cell stuck in the brain somewhere. And I was like, what are these people doing? You know, <laughs> it just, it was so heady and academic and, you know, intense. And I'm going, this, I know I walk and talk like all of this, but this is not me. It doesn't feel like me. So what does it mean to dream? It means to really listen to yourself. What do you think about when you're almost asleep? Maybe not asleep. What keeps you up at night? What's the thing that drives you bananas that you'd love to fix it in the world if you could just do one thing? That is, that, those are indicator lights for how to get going towards the direction of your purpose, passion, and dream. And um, I've done a lot of that. And it's a lot of introspection. It's not looking out there. You know, I, we, we often have good conversations with friends of ours who will say, oh, my dream is to have, you know, the gazillion dollar house on the side of a hill with a blah, 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 you know, we figure out <laughs> they have a view like this and da, da, da. Yeah, those are great objects, things that would uh, exemplify an environment that supports you, but it's not necessarily your dream. The dream is about what did you do to make that a reality? That's the dream. That's the journey. That's the experience you're creating in your life. And whether the house shows up or not, or in my case, the partner, or, you know, <laughs> in other people's cases, the dog or the whatever it is, if it doesn't show up, it's because there's more journey, more fun to have on the dream that's in preparation for that to arrive. Right. And I would add too, just because you use the word big, that doesn't mean that it has to do with money. It doesn't mean it has to do with power. Like I sat with my 86-year-old almost dad uh, recently mm. when I visited. And he was like, oh, honey, I as I look back, I could have made more money here. I could have done that. I said, dad, you are sitting here. You're healthy. You're surrounded by family. You do what you want to do. You play bridge. You do Sudoku. You do your puzzles. You watch your TV. You have your scotch. What is your next question? What would a big pile of money had to do with you being happy at 86, almost years old, surrounded right. by family? And, right. you know, I think you actually stopped for a minute and thought about it. Because when you say dream big, it doesn't mean uh, you have to be Oprah. I know it's really hard when you grow up. And I used to look at a Barbie and I couldn't figure out how my body shape would ever be that. <laughs> right. Right. That's um, exactly right. And no matter yeah. how big my dream was, my boobs would never be that big. And I don't think my foot was the size, my ankles the size <laughs> of the waist of a Barbie. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. so for the listeners, uh, your dream, the bigness is the excitement level and the the yes. um energy and the it's possibility. The alignment. It's the alignment. the alignment. When you're aligned to your dream, to your purpose, not the one you think it should be, because the shoulding is not really helpful. But when you're aligned to your own purpose, oh my gosh, it just feels big. 
it feels expansive. You feel like you want to burst out of your own body and get stuff going because you know, you just kind of have this centralized knowing that this is yours to do. And uh, as a heart cell, I'm now in the heart and daggum, I'm meeting all kinds of other heart cells and we are cooking. We are going to make something really profound because we're all in alignment and we're, we found our way to the place we belong. And I think that's, you know, it's not just physical, it's esoteric, it's, you know, it's spiritual. And a dream is more of a soul's call that reminds you, you have a job to do. That's the way I look at it. Oh, a dream is a soul's call that reminds you, you have a job to do. Oh, yep. that is so cool. I love We're gonna that. We're going to capture that one, aren't we, Betsy? I'm writing it down. <laughs> dream is a soul's call, reminds you, I can't read my own writing, you have a job, a job to, to do. do. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we make it that? I'm going to think we should make a t-shirt. Make a t-shirt. I'll make, make a some t-shirt art. Out of that. A dream I'm is in. a soul's call that reminds you you have a job to do by Lindsay mm-hmm. Andriotti. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to give another tip about dreams. And let's talk about the stillness. You said it's about a journey within. Let's talk about um, listening, stillness, and trust. What What yeah. would you tell our listeners Uh, about those skills and dreaming. Yeah, that's really good. So listening is being in the silence and listening to the silence. It will tell you stuff. (laughs) I often, you know, I just turn everything off, sounds of all kinds, turn off phones and, and machines and just listen into the silence. And it's incredible what gets inspired there. The other thing is about trust. You know, I had a major meltdown just the other day, Betsy knows, about um, you know, not knowing if I could trust the information that was coming through me. Um, it started to as a, a, a total negative energy. And I went, what is this? And so rather than what I knew to do in that moment was rather than try to decode it from a mental state, which never works, I called in my friends. <laughs> I said, here's what's happening. I would love for you to listen for what's what's going on, and then maybe I can shift into my light. Where is the light in this? What is it that's what is it that's wanting to come through? So, learning to trust yourself and your decisions and what messages you receive, however you receive them, is really important. And I think it's not something we teach our kids until much later in life. And it's that was one of the things that I really was passionate about in the middle two thousands. Um, was trying to teach young people at a high school age how to listen and trust their own selves. Well, there's a tip. There's a tip I'm going to add to that from my Move Ideas into Action class that I teach about how to take your head and your heart and your dreams into the world, right? And one, for those of you listening that say, okay, well, that sounds great, but, you know, how do I do that? You know, like, uh, there's so many voices in my head. So if you can't stop and listen to the voices that that are in your head, if that's not a practice you've ever tried. And we we could have a whole thing about meditation and whether that, how possible that is. But instead of going down that route, just get a blank piece of paper and a pen or pencil, your favorite colored marker, a journal and sit and write everything that comes through your head. I found that dumping brain dumping, whatever's in your head and ask questions like, you know, just look for the what, not the how. If I could have anything I wanted, if I was moving toward this light, this lightness of purpose, I'm, what comes through my head? 
And I, I recently was just telling you before we recorded today about doing this uh, at this time uh, around my birthday to catch up with what my soul had to say. <laughs> my soul was totally. like, yes, you are done with some of these things. They no longer serve you. Put them down. My visualization, yep. put those boulders down. And exactly. breathe and stretch and walk and be open to what is coming. Um, and Absolutely. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, you know, the people, places and things for common good. So uh, if you need to be more tactical than just listening, sometimes you can just just write, just write. Just write. Well, and, and the other thing, too, and I, I don't know if you've heard Mel Robbins or if any of you have listened to her new book, The Five Second Rule um, and The High Five Life. It's amazing what she talks about, but I, the thing that really served me in bringing this up around trusting and listening, sometimes if you're just sitting on the couch and you're not feeling motivated to do much of anything, maybe, just maybe, take a moment and tune into your body and see what it wants to do. Because I found that by just doing that, by going, okay, body, what do you feel like doing? I was immediately up and off the couch. <laughs> the body has the ability to also give us some inclination towards our next big thing. And we ignore it. We think we're all in charge up here in our heads. And, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. I'm tired. I'm blah, blah. Well, your body says, I'm not. I want to go do something else. So right. just, just pay attention to that, too. Well, and we I came right it. back around. Those little cells are always excited when we move and we get more oxygen and all the things. And after visiting a 96-year-old and an 86-year-old, I am extremely motivated at 61 uh, to move because I want to be as vital and as fit and as moving as I can mentally, emotionally, and physically uh, now to prepare for that. Well, everyone would love to, us to stay on for an hour. We could do an entire no. season of Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay's <laughs> getting ready to launch her own Live in the Dream podcast soon, which will be on the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. So that will be coming. So Lindsay, tell people how to get a hold of you. If they're interested in more, they're interested in learning more about you. Totally great. Yeah. So right now, the best way to get a hold of me is just to send me an email because I am listening. And what I'm imagining is that there is a network out there of people that would really like to connect around dreaming and doing things different in the world. Um, I have started a, a new network group called the Imaginal Society, which um, if you send me an email, which is Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at Imaginal ventures.org. Uh, you can find me there. Just send me a note and tell me what your dream is. Tell me what you're interested in. Tell me why you're looking for other dreamers. This is a great way for us to begin this whole process. And uh, I'm beginning the next chapter of my life too. So I'm imagining all kinds of new stuff. Well, <laughs> I know that all of you listening, it, it's on purpose. This is why we have Boost Power Podcast. Our purpose is to tell stories of people, places, and things for your good. Things that will just make you stop, give you a, a tip, a tactic, something that feels like you could try it. Um, maybe an invitation to the Imaginal Society. Maybe that's why you heard this today. Maybe you just want to play with me and Lindsay, because that's always fun. So uh, there's <laughs> always, always a purpose for this. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you have the choice to make it spectacular. 
Please share this podcast with other dreamers, other fun people, people that want to be uplifted and inspired. And please subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms and give us a great rating. I am your host. We'll see you next time. This is Betsy Wearsman. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWiersma.com.